Are they playing inside? They have to be. That's a stupid question. Maybe you should ask him that you when he gets here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and more soccer questions from Carly Buell on this episode of the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. This week, Damon Rensing, the head coach of the Michigan State men's soccer program, is going to be with us. You're listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, <laughs> didn't your microphone break when we were No, I was an idiot and I think I had something muted and wasn't paying attention. You okay? It's my allergies. Literally, I have COVID. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't have COVID. Jimmy got tested. You couldn't have like edited that better. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's Cold Oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his desk. It's it's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like one to ten. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, there's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> so welcome back. It's the Cold Oatmeal Podcast, guys. Podcast. Podcast. Thanks. Thanks. Happy to be here. Welcome. It's fun. Here we go. It's fun. We're having fun. F U N fun. No, I'm I'm excited. This is gonna be a fun guest. This is uh, Matt Resch um, of Resch Strategies, and we bring you this little podcast, this Cold Oatmeal podcast, every other Thursday. Um, you can find us. We're a public relations and the my I'm slurring my words, <laughs> slurring all over the place. <clears throat> we are a public affairs and a public relations firm in downtown Lansing, Michigan. Uh, you can find us at reschstrategies.com. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Resch Strategies and uh, Apple Podcasts. Spotify. You can download it and rate our episodes there, as well as follow us on Twitter, Cold Oatmeal at Cold Oatmeal Pod. So all of that housekeeping out of the way. Let's go introduce ourselves. Stephanie Vancouver is not with us. We we signify we, we kind of signal we'd be talking a little bit about sports, and so mm-hmm. we haven't heard from her since. <laughs> no charts. Ten days. No charts. So Nikki, why don't you kick us off? Nikki O'Mara, Carly Buell. Joe Bashy. And Nick Lou's on Zoom. Yeah. Hi. Hi, everybody. Laura Bale's here too. <laughs> hi, everybody. Cool. <laughs> Everybody's here. I wanted to ask. So, Nikki, you went on a trip. Oh gosh. Yeah. How was Miami? Miami was fun. It was um nice to get some warm weather and um see some crazy stuff. What'd you see? Talk about the butt cheeks. I knew this was going to come up. I've literally never seen more butt cheeks in my entire life, um, specifically on a beach. Apparently, it is very in style right now for ladies to just wear a thong. Um, I'd say at least 75% of the women were wearing a straight up thong on the beach. Um, so definitely more butt cheeks than I care to see. And lots of banana hammocks None of them were well. cool, though? You know, Joe... <laughs> I just I don't know that I have the like the cool butt radar that you do. So I'm sorry, I can't I don't know. I don't know. 
That's that's an interesting radar. <clears throat> He's uh, got it. <laughs> Did you go anywhere last weekend, Joe? No. <laughs> yeah, I did. No. <laughs> I was here. Uh, okay. Well, one thing, if people are looking for something to do in the coming weekends, uh, college soccer is starting up again. And uh, we're going to talk today to the head coach of the Michigan State men's soccer program, Damon Rensing. Damon, I've had the, the good fortune to get to know him over the uh, last summer of years because our boys have played together on soccer teams. Uh, so we have spent many Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings and Sunday afternoons standing along sidelines watching little kids play. Uh, Damon is an awesome guy. Uh, cool. Just a, a cool guy to be around. And he just happens to be a former Big Ten soccer star and the coach of the state's uh, Michigan State Spartans. Um, so I guess I'll... I, I did mention that he was Big Ten, all Big Ten player. Uh, he's been coaching for 11 years at Michigan State. Uh, the Spartans have been to the big uh, NCAA tournament eight times. And last year, I think you'll hear him talk about this in a minute, they made the college Final Four. It's the College Cup. It's like the, the Final Four of, of soccer world uh, in 2018. So obviously lots of COVID stuff he's been dealing with as a coach of 18 to 22-year-old guys and all that goes into that. Their season is kicking off um, right around now, and uh, we'll talk to them a little bit about it. We good? We're good. Sounds awesome. Anything Carly, else? you got a lot of questions. Carly, you got questions right. lined up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys are going to be hearing from me a lot today. Excellent. Damon Rensing. So Damon Rensing, coach of the Michigan State Spartan men's soccer team. Thanks for being with us on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. You know, I had no idea when I asked you if you could do this, that you'd be taking time out of the, you know, the the eve of the first game of the season. Well, actually, usually the last 24 hours we've done more, we're um, a little more nervous energy. Thanks for actually, you know, help me kill some time and get, get my mind off the game for <laughs> Doing 30 some, minutes. Some distraction. <laughs> I was saying, when was the last time your field, your team played? It's been close to 16 months. I mean, I think last, last November, uh, following November, you know, basically November of 2019. So the end of the end of that wow. regular season. Yeah. That was the last time we've competed and not kicked somebody else other than ourselves in a practice session. <laughs> yeah. so. And, and I was just reading up on this. I know that there was talk of changing the men's schedule from going, it was all fall. And, and then switching to half fall, half spring. Was that supposed to happen last year and didn't? Or is this happening right now for the first time? Or It was supposed to be put to the athletic directors and presidents of the NCAA um, committees uh, to vote. Um, the Big Ten actually proposed it. Um, however, with COVID in April, they, they suspended that vote or, you know, uh, okay. Pushed it back, so they'll they'll look to vote that probably in about another another year from April. So the games you're you're playing this spring are not a result of that change. These are just the fall season pushed back. Correct. This this is the fall season. Um, every player of any fall sport gets their year back. So this that doesn't they can opt out. Um, but obviously it'll go down in the record books and it'll be counted and it'll be it'll be exciting just to get these guys out here. Are you playing a full a full schedule? Or are you just doing conference games? Big Ten only. The Big okay. Ten is one of the they, – they are the most uh, at the forefront as far as the testing. I mean, every – soccer is a contact sport. We're testing six days a week. We're only playing Big Ten other schools who have those exact same protocols. It is a, a greater expense, but I think for the safety of the kids, I think the Big Ten has handled it really well. 
And that's been for every sport, not just the the big the big money ones, the, the footballs and basketballs. So what the Big Ten did was they tiered the sports based on contact. So like football, basketball, men's women's soccer, field hockey, or six days a week wrestling, um, and then volleyball. And then you have some sports such as like a baseball or softball, golf, tennis, where there's not any contact. It's relatively a lot of it can be outdoors at times and spaced out in places where there's not as much interaction. So they're doing three days a week. Okay. How has it been like dealing with your guys who, I mean, it's a, I'm sure a very tight knit group anyway, but they don't live on campus. I mean, typically do you, are they off campus or there's a mixture of where they live? How has it been trying to kind of keep them socially distanced and on, on target during this whole time? It's been challenging, but, you know, at Michigan State, none of the students have really been allowed back on campus, especially in the fall. And then there's been a, a small portion in the spring and our athletes have been. And so we've kind of let them know that this is a privilege. I mean, the, the op- option is just to be at home, not getting to play soccer, a sport you love, not be able to interact with some of your, your student athletes. So, you know, we try to tell them to, you know, that, like I said, this is a privilege and to you know, take it as an opportunity to get to do some things that make you feel normal. And obviously in these last 12 months, there's not a whole lot of things that we do that make you feel normal. Have yeah. you been practicing pretty consistently this whole time? Or have you taken, how is, how is, I mean, it's, you said 16 months since the last game. Have you been, can practice on that whole time or, or not? We, we practiced in mid-August, um, mid to late August, um, till about mid-November. And then let the guys go home for uh, about eight weeks. And then they came back around mm-hmm. January 6th had a week of quarantine and then we started to go in pods based on kind of living arrangements, like you said. So our freshmen live in the dorms. Most of our sophomores and older move off campus or live in a, an apartment like the, the new 1855 apartments. Um, so they're, they are close and that's been helpful because you can kind of arrange things according to living. We don't have hardly any of our, our players commingle or live with other non soccer players. So that's been nice. What has it been like as far as like contact and game speed and the kinds of the kind of what do you expect tomorrow night? Your first the first game after not having done that. I expect, you know, you got 22, 18 to 22 year old men with testosterone that have been cooped up for 16 months. I expect it to be pretty crazy. Honestly, I just, um, I you know, first you just you want to play, you want to be competitive. Um but you want them to be safe. And I do worry about just the, the, the amped up energy that they'll have. So it'll be a little crazy the first 20 minutes, but soccer is a 90 minute game and you mm-hmm. just can't play crazy for and run for 90 minutes. I mean, I think the average soccer player probably runs between five and seven miles in a game. So um, some push more than seven to nine, some maybe a little bit. That's crazy. That explains why soccer just was not my yeah, sport. Pass. <laughs> just That's way I, too much I running. I think that is the only way I could have run. Like I can't just run, but if I'm playing, it's like, it's not real running. With Doesn't an N. Count. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so they don't, I mean, everybody's cleared, right? So you're not wearing masks or anything while you're there, or do you have to still wear masks? Those on the bench, kind of similar to what you, if you were watching college basketball, if you're on the bench, they'll sit six feet apart. The, 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 okay. the coaches and the players not playing will wear a mask, um, but the players competing on the field and the officials will not wear a mask. Yeah, I would just think I would imagine. I mean, people work out in masks right now, and I don't know how you do that. I, don't, I can't imagine playing a whole soccer game having to wear a mask no. or any sport. We've we've had to do it a little bit. It is it is difficult, and 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 as much as it, the breathing, 
but also th- those masks move, you know, so just mm-hmm. getting in your vision while you're trying to dribble a ball, yeah. yep. um, mm-hmm. those kind of things have been, have been pretty difficult. So, uh, it, it is, it's certainly easier without, without the mask. And like I said, I mean, tomorrow, uh, Rutgers is going to test at 8am. We're going to test at 8:30. Mm. The referees will be tested. Um, so everybody that plays there and you find the answers within 15 minutes with the antigen testing, and we'll hop on a bus. We'll drive 75 miles to Schoolcraft and play. So everybody in that facility should be in pretty good shape, mm-hmm. but it's no guarantees. And no one's allowed to watch. Are there people? Can people watch? We, we've limited it to, uh, to two family members okay. per per player. Um, and and they and obviously the attendants will have to wear masks, and there'll be a health screening and those kinds of things to to go. Wow, you have to do that every time. So you, this is your first game. So it's, it's officially the start of your season. Correct. Yep. Yeah. This is our first game. So for every game we play, we are required to test the day before and the day of. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can either do that because we're only playing Big Ten teams. The testing is run by, it's the same testing company at every single Big Ten institution. So it's a neutral site. So if there's a, a, a positive, it's not like Michigan State determined Rutgers had three positives. It's a yeah. neutral testing company that does it. So we can test either at home the day before or at the at the Big Ten site that we're playing, and we'll do both of that. Bus drivers get tested, hmm. officials, anybody, scorekeeper, anybody that's involved is getting tested. So you can imagine the expense when you're talking men's soccer. You know, we've got 20 other sports going right now. Yeah. Football is a whole nother yeah. animal. Yeah. Well, it's a price to pay to, I guess, keep, you know, some, as you're saying, some normalcy um, in their lives, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. The, it hit me uh, last week. We had a, a big scrimmage for like 40 minutes. Um, and uh, one team was, was winning two to one. There was like three minutes left and another team tied it. And the emotion that these guys showed, like they just exuberant and the other guys were so dejected. And I was kind of like, <laughs> it kind of hit me like, this is why we're doing this. This, you yeah. know, with all this stuff going on, this is what these kids want. They want to feel those emotions, mm-hmm. both of excitement and 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 sadness and and go through that and that's been that's been great it's honestly been two of the more normal hours of the day mm-hmm. and uh i think it's i think it's been really health helpful for their their mentality too for you hear a lot of the stories of high school kids college kids just going through the struggles of this and i think um getting out and be able to compete to be able to see your friends um in a controlled environment has really been helpful for them mentally when did the when did the Big Ten and I guess the NCA announce the start of this spring season? Because I think one of the things to your point, one of the things that I know my my boys have struggled with and, and other kids is just the uncertainty and <clears throat> practicing up to a date they think it's going to happen and then it doesn't happen, or you know getting two games into a, a season in November and then just having it kind of paused for for who knows how long and they just don't know you know do I practice hard? When's the next game going to be? Or am I going to play again until I get to go outside? When did you guys have that kind of date certain? Because I have to think that helped to have a target. We in the fall was more along your lines. We were like, are we going to have a season? Or are we not? And we kind of went with like how football went. And then once football was was canceled, all the fall sports, and then it took obviously a, a lot to bring football back. Um, and then probably in December, they came back the Big Ten with starting starting dates for the for the for soccer and and the other fall sports volleyball wrestling and, and the and the likes um but we still didn't i didn't even know i was playing Rutgers till probably two weeks ago so we had we knew we knew we were going to play in the 19th we didn't know where we were going to play we didn't know who we were going to play but we knew we were going to play and actually for men's soccer they actually could have started february 3rd but the big 10 just said 
Hmm. With all the schools coming back and there's obviously upticks in numbers, you know, in, in uh, when the kids get back to campus. So we, we pushed it back and I think they made the right choice. And so we're, we're really excited to go. Is the NCAA planning a, a postseason tournament? They are. Um, the selection show will be April 18th. It's usually we have 48 teams in, a, in men's soccer. I think that's going to drop to 32. Um, so I think there'll be, uh, I think there's 20, is it tw- or maybe it's 36. There's, there's 12 at-large bids and 20 okay. some odd automatic bids. What is the recruiting process been like I, I i've thought about this a couple times from because you know you and i have mutual friends with kids of like high school age who have dreams of playing college soccer and beyond and i know that their schedule and, and the chances they've had to be seen by coaches college coaches have been really cut back i'm also thinking about you know your players who are juniors and seniors who have dreams of the next next step for them mm-hmm. and wondering you know, how am I going to, am I going to get drafted? What, how's, what's my next step? How have you managed one, I guess, being out on the road to recruit? Have you been able to do that at all? And how you've dealt with high school kids who want to be on your team and your current players who want to be on a, a pro team? It's been really challenging. So the NCA, and I just found out again today at our compliance meeting, um, that we haven't been allowed to go out and watch games in person. And that's going to be pushed back till May 31st. Um, so I think there's two, two big reasons on that one, you know, in order to, to try to create a, a, a level of fairness, you know, I, I don't think the universities want, uh, coaches out flying places and, and certain travel, travel things. So obviously maybe certain States have more players and more access. So if all of a sudden you start to limit things, so that, and I think the other piece is honestly, just financially, these universities are taking a huge hit in these athletic departments and, uh, it's, it's expensive to recruit, you know, mm-hmm. you travel, fly, rental cars, hotels, you're there for a few days and, and you're watching the kids. So it's been really hard, um, to get out and see the kids and you're looking at well since last March, which was a big recruiting period for us. Cause obviously we need warm weather to watch them. So, um, we've been trying to rely on a lot of video. I really feel for the kids graduating in 2021. Um, the other thing that's had a big impact on that is that the NCA has granted all these kids that are playing this year, another year. So we the college always, kids, the college year. kids can stay another year. The seniors can stay and come back next August. So the kids that we thought were going to be moving on can now come back. Um, and, but we're still only going to be held to so many roster spots. Um, it's still an expense to pay for scholarships and do those things. So it's been really hard. I really do feel for the 2021s. Um, and and I, I think it, there's been a lot of a holding pattern because we just haven't been able to see them enough. We, we're pretty much done with that class. We got to see them a little bit before and you just had to take a little more blind faith and really rely on a lot of the club coaches and the relationships that we've had with them and their, their experience and recommendations. Would you prefer if um, the NCAA hadn't allowed those kids to have an extra year? Does that just make your job too tough? As- yeah, I think the NCAA, they did it as a PR to be mm-hmm. quite honest. So, because they're not paying the bills. Right. So they, they basically kind of, walked into somebody's family room, spilled a cup of Kool-Aid and said, walked out and said, Oh, by the way, why don't you guys just clean this mess up? Um, Because, you know, there, it looks good. Oh, everybody gets, gets another year, but then it goes back to our AD who's got a budget. Yeah. It goes back to them and say, you guys can have another year, but you got to pay the bill. So we, you know, and so that's a, if you take 24 sports and give everybody, I mean, our, we write a check between 14 and $16 million to admissions. 
So one of the things that people don't really know about Michigan State is the athletic department self funds itself. So we write a check for $16 million to Michigan State admissions. We pay for that through football ticket sales, TV revenue, basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, we we pay the university every time the, the basketball team plays at Breslin. We rent the Breslin from the university, the athletic oh. department does. <laughs> wow. So there's all kinds of... so. But at the end of the day, this is the one year where we haven't been able to do it. So that budget is really, you know, all of a sudden now you take a $16 million scholarship budget and, and bump it now to 18 or 20. That's a, that's a yeah. significant hit. So it has been, I think the NCAA did it as a PR and, and kind of panicked with the spring sports. And then once they did it last spring, they knew they had to do it for the fall and winter. And here we are. Yeah. How long do you, how, how many classes are going to take for that to kind of write itself? I mean, they're going to be, like you said, 2021 high school grads who aren't going to get spots probably right that they may have gotten otherwise because they're filled with seniors who are coming back. Yeah. I think probably two years. I think, you know, the freshmen, even though they get another year, um, you know, they might, they'll still, they're still taking full-time classes. So some kids might not want to do the Tommy boy version. You know, a lot of people go to college for seven years, six years to, (laughs) to graduate. They might just want to go for four and a half and, and move on. And while you can play pro in soccer, you know, a lot of the degrees, if you get an accounting degree, an economics degree or whatever, you can probably make just as much or more money than pro soccer. So they might say, hey, I'm a three, five engineer. This has been awesome, but I don't necessarily need to come back. So I think it'll self-correct over probably the next year to two years. Is pro OK, so compared to the rest of the world, is the United States pro soccer really that lucrative And versus if you go to some, I don't know, Spain or whatever? Uh, it's not, it's not as, it's not as lucrative. So, um, our, like our East Lansing grad, Dewan Jones is playing in his second year. Um, I think the league minimum is a hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, so, you know, um, are right around there. Um, so if you're 24, it's not a bad gig at Mm -hmm. all. Um, but there's guys on his team, some older guys and some international players or established guys that could be making three to 5 million a year too. So Mm -hmm. there is a huge gap, but a lot of it, um, has it's a lot of guys are making probably between a hundred and 150,000, which like I said, is, is great, but it's not like dream on green money where, you know, right. you know, they're not retiring. Right. They're going to, I always tell recruits that even if you have a great career in the, in the pros that, you know, my guess is that whatever degree you get at Michigan state from age 32 to 65 will probably make you 10 times the amount of money mm-hmm. you made as a pro. And that's if you had a, a great career. Right. And did Dewan make the did his team make the finals? They, the, the final, final four, four. Final four. Then he's out in Boston with the New England Revolution. Must be a thrill to to see those kids because you've known him. He's from East Lansing. You've probably known him forever, and to see him on you know on TV at a, in the it, final four of the pro soccer is pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool, um, especially when it's a local kid. And and we've always our program has taken pride. If you look at our roster, we have a lot of kids from the state of Michigan, and certainly some kids like even tomorrow. We've got a kid from DeWitt and Hazlitt that are starting, which if you think about in a top 25 program that you got two kids from local doing it, that's pretty cool. And a lot of kids, probably six to eight kids from the state of Michigan will start for us. So anytime you can see those kids who have, you've watched develop and grow, especially like a Dewan um, and, and go out and play on TV, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. How did you, because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you had one, did you have one player drafted in the MLS draft this last time around? Yep. We've had uh, Giuseppe Baroni, um, who's from East Kentwood. Um, he was the fourth brother of the Baroni family mm-hmm. to play for us. Um, we've had six in the last three years. So 
So um, how did you, how did, I mean, how did he deal with this whole period of time? You know, cause that it would have been the end of his senior season, right? Or did he, would he have played last? I mean, I guess there wouldn't have been would, games in the spring. He would have played in the fall this past fall. He got the draft was in January. He's been battling an injury. Um, and so they're actually allowing the kids to make a decision. They can go right to the training camps for MLS, or they could go back and play this spring with their college teams. Um, Giuseppe's situation is just unique because he's injured. So I think he just he should just focus on which we've agreed, and it's it's the right decision to get healthy and then and then and go play at Montreal. Um, but some of the other guys can go, or some of them are are coming back. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I know Maryland lost like two guys in January, two seniors that they thought they were going to have, and all of a sudden, huh. four weeks ago, hey, by the way, they're that's not a, here. That's a shame. Right? Yeah. Oh, Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about Darn. That. Darn. Darn. <laughs> feels so bad. Who is your biggest rival? Michigan. Michigan? Yep. Is I mean, it, yeah. Michigan is, I don't know. I don't I don't pay attention to sports very much. But <laughs> I know Michigan is for football, so it is for soccer too. Is it kind of across the board, do you, would you say or? I it it is a huge rivalry. Um a lot of the kids from the are from the same state, you know, they the families grew up either a Michigan or Michigan state fan for the for the most part. Yeah. Um and then we have the big bear trophy, which is a whole nother story. But okay. anytime you put a trophy out and at the end, the winning team can go grab it mm-hmm. and bring it back to their bench or fans. It just adds yeah. that much more to that it. So sense. who, who has the better soccer program historically? I'm not going to like say right now, but yeah. So historically I would say probably us. I mean, we've okay. had four top 10 finishes okay. in the last eight, eight to 10 years. Um, they, to, in full disclosure, I don't like to give Michigan too much credit, but they they didn't start their program until 2000. Mm-hmm. They where they went from a club to a varsity sport, and they do they do a, a nice job. And and Shaka, their coach, is a good guy and, and a good coach. Um, we've had our program since 1956. We there's a different mm-hmm. like the okay. history, which is yeah, which so is pretty cool. Are you guys like the Ohio State of soccer in the Big Ten, or who's like the program? No, prob- Indiana is okay. definitely the program. What was, what was that? Uh, oh no. <laughs> I can't believe that somebody with the nickname Hoosiers <laughs> is actually the, at the head of it, but they have the second most uh, national titles in in college history. Who has Co- the most? St. Louis University, where yeah. my father played. Yeah, so they. That's, back right, that's, at, right. that's right. You're from St. Louis. Yeah, I'm from St. Louis. So, um, in the '60s uh, and early '70s, St. Louis racked up about 11 of them. Okay. And and haven't really since. But then Indiana kind of came on in the '70s, and they've got eight. Okay. And we have two from the 60s too so nice. when was the last time a big 10 team won the national title uh in 18 maryland won it okay actually in 18 us maryland and indiana were all in the final four so there was three big 10s it's, it's one of hmm. us and the acc are probably the two best conferences you can sprinkle in the big east and pac 12 yeah that was a that was a cool final four except both of our teams didn't <laughs> to do terribly well but, but for yeah. us it was cool because we hadn't been back in 50 years um, and there's a lot of side stories to that. So that was a, just like in basketball, the, the final four is a, it's a, um, uh, it's a level. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a separator. If you can get to that, it's one thing to get to the sweet 16 or the elite eight, but that's, that's all new ground. If you can get to that final four. So I think for us to do that was a, was a huge accomplishment. So how did you, um, are we done with like COVID questions? I want to know how sure. you like became the coach of Michigan state soccer team. Do you know you always wanted to do this? How'd this, like, how'd you find this life? Yeah. So I, 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 I got recruited to play from St. Louis at Michigan state. So mm-hmm. I played from 93 to 96 at Michigan state and um, wasn't quite good enough to be a pro. 
um, but really I've grown up in a soccer family. Um, and then I was kind of like, what do I, what do I do? Um, I don't know, my 2.8 communications degree didn't just, <laughs> there wasn't all these jobs just jumping at me, you know? Um, but, uh, but so I was like, I want to keep into it. And I, so I volunteered for the women's program when I was finishing up my, 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 my schooling at Michigan state and that assistant got the head coaching job at UNLV. And she decided to bring me on as, as the assistant. And back then in 98, 99, like, I mean, I think I made $16,000. It was, you know, things have changed, but I was like, Hey, it's a paycheck. There's health insurance and I'm coaching mm -hmm. soccer. So went out there for a year. And at the time, the assistant at Michigan state, uh, got married and moved, moved home and kind of moved on from coaching. So that, that opened up. And so in 99, I came back to Michigan state as an assistant, which rarely happens. And the, the, the head coach that I played for Joe bomb had been there for, uh, probably about 25 years. And he went into to, for another 10. Um, and so again, for 22,000, which is not a lot for some people, but for me, that was a, a gold mine to be able to coach in the big 10. And as you start to do that, you get more comfortable. You see where your strengths are. I really love the game. I felt like I could connect and motivate players. Um, and Joe was really good at, at culture and, 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 and how to motivate and, and lead. And, and honestly, you know, X's and O's these days, you can, it's probably no different than any other business, but in X's and O's, you can, you can learn on YouTube. Now mm -hmm. you can go watch stuff and pick up how you, how you motivate, how you lead, how you bring a culture and communicate to a group and get them moving toward, towards a uh, common goal is, is so much more important in my opinion. So how long have you been the head coach? This is my 11th. Okay. I yeah. I took 2009. Like I said, I was communication. So <laughs> Uh, what is that? I, I, these last, I don't know what, if this is my 11th or 12th year. I can't, I can't remember now. Is this like your dream job? Like if, if, if Indiana, not that you'd go, but like, if, is there, is there a coaching <laughs> gig that could like pick up the phone and call you? Uh, you... Probably not. Okay. I mean, you know, it's probably not good for my, my, uh, you know, contract negotiations right. or whatever, but, um, you know what? My, my wife is from Michigan, uh, Detroit area. She actually played volleyball at Maryland. Um, we met when she came back to be an assistant coach for volleyball back in the early, like Oh three, I believe. Um, but we have two kids. We really love the community here, the land, the greater Lansing East Lansing community. She works on campus. Um, I, I just, I love Michigan state. I think working in college athletics is a great career and not just to be able to work with young, young people who are, you know, have are driven and looking for something to, for guidance and like I said, a common goal, but I think what the communities bring out for my kids, you know, the different, the diversities and all the different things that are, that are involved, I think is, is great. So it would take a lot uh, for me to move on. I always joke with some recruits, you know, the MLS teams pay like, I don't know, half a million, 500, 600,000. So I'm not quite in that league. And, uh, but if that came around, I'd certainly have to look at that. <laughs> I don't think anybody would blame you for that either. <laughs> Well, I have to. I mean, I'm 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 late to soccer in my life, and I like a lot of people probably came to it because their kids started playing it, and didn't really know anything about it until Owen started watching the Premier League when he was five, and that was what entertained him on Saturday mornings. And so I'm like, okay, cool, you got something to do. I'll and so, but the atmosphere around your games is really fun. It's it's something I didn't even really know was happening in East Lansing, but once we started going to games over there at. at uh, MSU they're, they're just fun they're a lot of fun to go watch and I'm always blown away and I was telling Nikki and Carly this before we got started how 
how big those dudes are and how fast they are and how close you get to how close you are to them beating each other, beating each other up. I, I do think it's one of like the best kept secrets for like a sporting event on campus. I mean, it's beautiful back there at DeMartin stadium and the old college field where baseball and softball play. That's a, a Michigan historical landmark. Baseball was the first sport played over 125 years ago there. So you've got a beautiful setting with the red cedar. We got a red cedar rowdies, which is the student group. Um, and like you said, you know, it, it seats will get anywhere from a thousand to three, four thousand for the games, and it's right on the field. Um, our players love the access; they love interacting with young players and kids. Um, the practice field is right behind, so as you know, Drew and Owen and a lot of the young kids go run around there um, and, and and play. So it's really kind of a neat setting. Games are ninety minutes. I mean, you're some of these, you know, some of them are three, four hours. It's you know, you could go to a one o'clock game and be home by three 30, no problem. Um, if you're in the local area. So it is a, it is a well-kept secret and, and a lot of fun. And I think we're, what the other thing that draws a lot of kids to the sport is, you know, you don't have to be six, three, you know, Giuseppe's probably five, seven and, you know, 140 pounds dripping wet. So, <laughs> um, you know, it takes all, all walks of life. Um, and it's truly kind of an international and global sport. So I think that's what really draws kids to it you know some kids like if you're not the biggest or the strongest oh, I can't I can't play basketball or football and this really if you want to put the devotion and have the passion for it you can play it yeah I was talking to Owen <clears throat> not too long ago because his favorite player uh, for Liverpool is uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold who's a, a right back and a young kid early 20s um, and he looks enormous on tv and he's five nine. <laughs> And I didn't believe Owen said, yeah, he's five, nine. And I'm like, there's no way he's five. I said, I'm five, nine. And I could not, I'm not big enough to play. And he's like, no, he's five, nine. I said, well, maybe there is hope for you, Owen, because you're probably not going to get much taller than me. So sorry about that. But yeah, it was fun. So your son plays soccer. Uh, does he want to play for you at Michigan State? Is that something he wants to do? I don't know. I mean, I think when you're around it, whether it's my son, Drew or Owen or the local kids, you know, they have so much access to it that they're like, oh, I can just do this. And I think that's actually kind of cool that they can see that and set that as a goal, but sometimes they also think that it's just that easy and mm -hmm. it is hard. I mean, you know, the amount of kids that get to play division one soccer, let alone at a big 10 school is, is it's very difficult. I think there's 50,000 kids playing in the state of Michigan right now, like in youth soccer. So I only take three or four a year and that can be from anywhere in the country, but they do see it. I do, you know, I think it is good for him to set a goal. He likes it. Um, I try not, try not to push him. You know, I just try to, surround him with the opportunities to do it um but it's really up to him would you like that i don't know if i would even want to <laughs> go there with that um because so, your dad was a coach he was a coach did you play for your dad at any point a little bit yeah up until about eighth grade and then okay. he was like hey you're on your own i'll help you out with anything you need but you know you got to kind of make this path for yourself and that's been good he he plays for a club in detroit so he we make the drive and he's got his own coaches so that's been good um but yeah, I actually just read an article, which was kind of funny, but basically saying that you really shouldn't critique or talk to your son or daughter about the game in the car ride home. Mm. Um, and, and so I just laughed because that's all my dad did. It was like, <laughs> you, you did not, if you could ride home with mom and not dad, you yeah. know, we, that was, that was like, Hey, you must've played a good game. Cause you got the ride home with, with mom. But um, so I've, I've actually tried to take that, but we've had a couple long car ride home. So, and then I, I feel bad, but. Um, it's hard. It's just like anything else with a kid. I think you see that they have a passion for it. You see, they like it. So you want to give them the opportunities 
to do it and you know, it's going to be hard. So you can't just pat them on the back every time. And yet it's still got to be their own. They've got to want to do it. They've got to want to do, put the extra time in. And I think that would be whether it's soccer, music, dance, math, whatever, whatever my son or daughter would want to do. And that's, that's the tricky part for every parent is just navigating those waters. Well, thanks for taking some time. Hopefully we've taken enough, enough time to distract you, get you get to take your mind off to, uh, the game tomorrow. So this has been fun. Yeah. Thank- Any last questions for coach? No, so. I don't think so. That was really interesting. Yeah. Learned Damon. a lot. Damon Rensing, good luck this season. All we'll right. Yeah. Re- we'll be rooting only- for you. When do we play? When do you play Indiana? Do uh, it's, it's late. So I haven't gotten it's always, that. It's usually fo- like, the, isn't it usually the last it, game of the year? It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty late in the year. So, um, we, I know we, it's like uh, March 15th or 19th, I believe we play at Indiana and at Maryland. So, so yeah, I mean, the only, the only thing I do request of cold oatmeal is that if we would beat Rutgers tomorrow, can you guys just bring me on every week for some good mojo or definitely <laughs> finding <laughs> guests is usually the hardest part of this whole thing. So yes, we'd love to. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring you on as long, as long as it's, as long as the street rolls. So, okay. Damon Rensing, MSU's men's soccer coach. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Are they are they ready to talk? They look poised to speak. Ready to talk? Okay. Sure. <laughs> so you guys had a lot. To, you guys had a lot to add there. Thanks. Thanks for contributing to the interview <laughs> with Damon Rensing, our Zoom partners. Well, you know, Nikki was on such a roll today. Um, was I? I didn't, yeah. I, well, I didn't think Nikki was particularly interested in any sport, but apparently soccer is <laughs> the one. And well, if it's not football, I'll I'll talk about it. Uh, <laughs> only football. Foot, yeah, the, the Zoom football. thing is the Zoom thing is tough. It, it's tough in different ways. It's tough if we're just staring at somebody and you guys can't see them, and then it's tough if you guys are in the room with someone and we can't see them. I'm just ready for COVID to be. We over. should just not yeah. do it anymore. No, we. No. So Someone's the, saying that, Joe. So for people who can't can't see us, which is everyone, um, Nikki set up a or Carly Excuse set up a little. Me, no, Carly, Carly set up. Yes, she did. This Carly set up a little work. camera. So that we can see, or I, I guess the theory is I can see um, Nick and Laura, which when we couldn't talk. do before. But they all I see is Joe, but Joe is sitting right in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to see Joe twice. I look at the camera and I see Joe and I see me. I don't see when, Nick or Laura. When they talk, they come up, but they just didn't talk. Well, they didn't, so talk, they didn't talk, so there we, we didn't go. get to see them. Plan, plan B. It's awkward to figure out when to There's Laura. When you're not there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have a lot of lulls that you could easily, not a lot, but when they pop up, you easily could ask a question in that moment. That's true. Yeah. I was hoping they would just wave, but I guess they couldn't wave if that doesn't make any noise. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. T-shirts. <laughs> More importantly. How, did we, did you see, Nikki, I know you're in charge of the, the monitoring the, the Twitter account. Did anybody submit any designs? I heard that one person did. Really? Mm-hmm. One. Was it good? Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're the winner. I don't know, but I don't. Who's determining what's good in the scenario, and who's determining who wins? I mean, well, if there's only one, 
<laughs> I, that's a, a, that's a decent point. Yeah. Maybe when, could... when did the applications close? Yeah. Did we... mm-hmm. It's a rolling application process. <clears throat> people can sign up whenever they want, but maybe we do a, maybe we talk to the people who are on the account and see if they could put up a poll and we could do a poll of the idea. <laughs> The singular <laughs> idea. <laughs> What's the bowl? Yeah. Do you like singular this? Yes or idea. no? And if they oh, like yeah. it, they then know. they get it, they, they they get the shirt. Um, Sound like a plan? It's a good plan. Who runs the Twitter account? It's not me. I don't okay. know. Well, we'll figure that out before the next one. Next week on Unsolved Mysteries. That's right. Yeah. So Damon Rensing, MSU men's bas- basketball. <laughs> Soccer coach was our guest this week, and Carly shakes her head like you're very on top of talking today. Yeah, it's a good thing that we we chose today to do this. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Damon, he coaches soccer, and he was our (laughs) coach. He was our guest. (laughs) No, (laughs) the wheels. It's not the wheels are just rolling all the way down. They've come off, and they are rolling all the way down the hallway. Someone else want to take us out of here. Someone else get us out of here. This is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. We will talk to you.